Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. Do not be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own lives. Galatians 6, 4 and 5 from the message. This is my favorite verse ever, ever. Not necessarily because it's better than other verses, but because this verse in Galatians opened a door for me. A door that lived in the shadows of my life. One I didn't know to look for, so I couldn't find it for a long time. When I found it, I studied the thick wood that sat deep into the wall. It seemed like it belonged in a castle with stone walls all around. A fortress entry, heavy to open. For a while, I decided to sit in front of the door and study it. The heavy oak was stained magenta with the golden words from Galatians inscribed in the wood. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. And then sink yourself into that. Do not be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own lives. It was brazen and beautiful. If you've known me for a while, anything brazen is known to have scared me. So upon finding this door, I couldn't dare to believe this door was for me. As I sat near the oak door, I found the glimmer of a window near the top. In the shape of a crescent moon, it smiled at me from above. I could stand on my tippy toes and peek out the sliver. When I had the courage to peek, I saw a journey I wasn't sure I could take. It wasn't a castle or even a courtyard, but a forest. Rich in deciduous trees. Light pouring through the leaves and dancing with the wind. The path beyond the door was sure to be uncertain. No clear end point. For a while, sitting near the door and straining to glance through the window was enough, because going through the door would be wild. I already knew such an audacious door would require courage to walk through. Instead of courage, I thought the entry ticket was perfection. And so, rather than heeding the words engraved upon the door, I did the exact opposite. I made careful explorations of everyone else, the work they were given. And then I judged my worth upon how I measured up to their work. Look at the neat work they're doing. I'll never be good enough for that. I knew I needed to be impressive before I could leap through this charming wild door. So I stayed where living was comfortable, except while I sat near the door and the light whispered through the window, God called through the cracks. I read the inscription carved on the door again and again. 
taken it apart piece by piece. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. Then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself to others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own lives. I would write it over and over, memorizing its cadence. After heartbreaks and traumas, I would come back to the same words again and again. Eventually, the inscription became an invitation I couldn't pass up. What is this responsibility you speak of? What creative best do I hold? One day, I placed my hand on the handle. It was crystal, just big enough to fit in the palm of my hand. I turned the handle and it clicked hard. When I began pulling it open, it swung slowly with a great sigh of fresh air. I had to step aside to make room for the wide oak, curling my fingers around the edge of the door. It didn't protest, and it swung almost slightly, and to my surprise, I noticed another inscription on the opposite side. I studied the word in awe of the revelation. Someone had scratched this new inscription painstakingly like a carving in a bench. Whoever it was took her time to carve the word, and I could see the beauty of the rough edges. Maybe, I wondered, it wasn't supposed to be perfect. The words sang back to me, become. I ran my fingers over the carving and held the word in my hands for a while, taking steps on either side of the door, trying for perfection on the comfortable side, or allowing the becoming when I stood in the forest. God's invitation, the heavy magenta door, allowed for freedom. Make a careful exploration of who you are. It was the perfect first step. So friend, who are you? Welcome to Wilderness Wonder. This is your host, Amber Redmond. This is episode 7, and I'm so excited because this is the foundational episode of Wilderness Wonder, the first footing in the wonder part of our journey. Because, dear ones, the wilderness isn't the whole story, is it? When we explore ourselves, we open up the parts of us that were made in the image of God. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. So God created human beings in his own image. You see, the most important thing we must understand about ourselves in relationship with God 
is that we were created in his image before separation or sin ever entered the picture. We must find ourselves in the garden. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Genesis 2-7 When we explore ourselves, we are charged with finding the parts of ourselves that were created first, with the breath of God within us and the image of God written upon our bones. We have a beautifully complex God, one that we each must look like in some ways. But because of this complexity, our own wild is hard to decipher until we know him. And what we believe about God will always shape what we believe about ourselves. How can we find the image of God within us if we don't know the character of God first? So, first step. Ask God who he is. And second step. Ask God who he created you to be. Sweet one, this is a two-step. A dance we share with our creator that begins the day we say yes to his invitation and will not end until the moment we take our last breath. This is the essence to our lives as followers of Jesus. We will never fully know God because that is too large a task. But if we never take the invitation to begin with, We will miss out on the beauty that God has in store for us, the beauty written within our makeup. This episode is an interactive episode, a nod to Laura Tremaine's podcast, 10 Things to Tell You, where her whole podcast is interactive. What this means is, I want to hear from you. I want to know the beginnings of your answer to this question, who are you? Before I answer the question, I want to draw you to Laura's book, which I will link in show notes where she answers this question in the first chapter. Her book has shifted my perspective on sharing quite a bit. Laura answers the question for herself and invites us to answer it for ourselves. And to, you guessed it, share our stuff. So, in part, this is a response to Laura. And, in part, this is a response to Galatians 6. Because, as I said, this is a foundation to our wonder. If you read Laura's book, and I think you should, I think you'll see that we have different perspectives on this question. But the sentiment is the same. This is an important question to continually ask, and we should be sharing ourselves. In today's episode, I'll walk us through some questions to answer for ourselves. I'll answer some of them as I go. And I'm hoping that you'll share with us your answers when you're done listening. Share on Facebook, Instagram, or in your journal. And if you share publicly, use the hashtag WhoInWonder and tag the show at Wilderness Wonder Podcast. Okay, dear ones, let's jump in. First question, what defined your childhood? My childhood is defined by quiet moments. When I felt truly myself as a child, I was writing, reading, or swimming. I share some of this experience on episode one, Searching for God in Your Story. But I'll add today that when I think of my childhood, there is always swimming. I was a swimmer by sport, and I love those nights after school gliding through the lanes at practice. There's something that happens when you dip your head into the water and begin to swim. 
You look at nothing but the lane line below you, and you hear nothing until you come up for air. Swimming was, and always has been, an escape for me. Small Amber could always find herself at home in the water, growing up on the swim team and going to both grandparents' lakes, and eventually having a pool in my own backyard. It was the epitome of my childhood. At my core, I am a swimmer. I am at home in the quiet moments. Question two, what lights you up? I love hosting a gathering, even better if I cook for it. I love bringing people together who don't know each other and telling them things that they have in common or things that are wildly different about each other. I love feeding people something that was written into my childhood by my Lebanese grandfather and all of his family and my mother. I love observing people during a gathering too, listening to the stories they tell, asking them more questions, watching their personalities come to life over the table. So, at my core, and through nurturing, I'm a master of ceremonies, a chef, and a hostess. Whether I'm dancing in the kitchen with my husband, hosting a dinner party for a few friends, or throwing a Thanksgiving that transcends family and friends, I am at home in a gathering. When do you feel most yourself? This is another question that Laura Tremaine asked in her latest episode of 10 Things to Tell You. I loved listening to that episode from Laura and I think that this is an important question. I think we all have a different thing that we think about when we feel most ourselves. I feel most myself when I'm alone because I'm a slow processor and I'm an introvert. And so when it's quiet, I can tamp down on the complex thoughts happening inside of my inner world and follow the trails inside of my head. And when I don't get a lot of alone time, I spend a lot of time stuck in my head trying to figure things out. One of the things that I do that makes me feel most myself is putting together a planner. I make it myself every week by hand. And some people think it's so crazy because it takes so much time. But the time spent doing that, I've learned, is a really pivotal part of my week because it helps me take the chaos that's happening inside of my introverted brain and tamp it down a little bit. So I feel most myself when it's quiet, when I can create, and definitely when I'm writing. If I'm writing every day, I can let go of the chaos. And if I'm not, I get stuck in it. Question four. How do you define yourself in relationship? I think this is a really important question when we're answering who we are, because I think that this is the way that we answer first most of the time. First, I am a mother and a wife, but that's not necessarily true. And that is part of the story, and it's an important part of the story, but I think that when we're walking through our doors of becoming, we need to look at who God made us first. And God didn't make us into mothers and wives when we first began. He gifted us with our children and our husbands, but he did not create us in that form of relationship. So I am wife, and I am mother. 
I am also observer, listener, caretaker. I nurture. I protect. I am a strong-willed defender. Some people would say that I'm fierce. All of these things are things that I define in myself in relationship. Question five. What parts of yourself are attributes that you can draw back to God? The first thing that comes to mind for me is daughter of a king. But when I think of God, I think of creator, master of great imaginings. He has written a sliver of this in me, and for that I am grateful. I am a creative. I am a writer. I can speak and weave tales and hold stories. This answer will be different for everyone because each of us have a different piece of God's goodness written in our being. And the heart of this question for me is to find this. What is written on our hearts that is a piece of God? I have a rich inner tapestry where I hold stories close to my chest and I'm able to imagine myself in any number of situations. I am a story keeper. Last question. This is a two-parter. So part one. What might your door or invitation look like? The thing is, you have a door too. We all have a door. My guess is that your door isn't magenta stained oak like mine. And when you find it, you'll find the words God is speaking into your life. The inscriptions, the door, the calling will all be unique to you and God's hand on your life. This is the wonder of his complexity and divinity. I'm asking you, are you willing to find your door? Are you ready to pull up a chair or grasp the handle? Part B to that last question. What might be behind your door? Can you make space in your life to seek your own wonder? Let's begin together. Who are you? Thank you for coming along with me on the journey. A lot of today's message walks hand in hand with Laura Tremaine's work, as I said before. In her book, Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, and on her podcast, 10 Things to Tell You. My invitation this week is to interact with us at Wilderness Wonder Podcast on Instagram. Join me in celebrating who God made you to be in his image. You can journal through these questions to answer, who are you? And if you're open to sharing, share with us on social media. If you share on Instagram, please tag the show at Wilderness Wonder Podcast and use the hashtag WhoInWonder. As always, you can find show notes at amberredmond.com podcast. And this week, I'll be linking to all of Laura's work in the show notes because, as I've said, this episode walks hand in hand with much of her work, including the first chapter of her book. And you can find me on Instagram at Amber and Redmond. Thanks for coming along into the wonder today.